Hello, and welcome to Greater Fate. You're listening to A Yonder Place, a message from special guest speaker, Seth Moore. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. Amen. I I just want to jump into the word of the Lord here and uh, see what the Lord would do in this place today. I just felt confirmation in the Holy Ghost as I was worshiping and just uh, tapping into the Spirit of God. I believe there's been prayer, there's been fasting, there's sacrifice, no doubt, that God is honoring. And I believe that the everything is coming into alignment, that we are in alignment with the will of God. And I just want to be a small part of that today. So I pray that you would open your hearts and let that that fertile ground received the word of God today. I'm going to turn your attention to the book of Genesis chapter 22 and read five verses there starting with verse 1. And the Bible says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. That's a good response when the Lord calls your name. Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. Somebody say afar off. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. For the lad and I will go yonder and worship. And we will come back to you. So, with the help of the Lord, with His Spirit, I want to preach what the Lord has given me today for this congregation. I have no doubt that the Lord has something special for each of you. If you've come hungry, the promise is you will be filled. So if you're hungry in your spirit, God cannot turn away a hungry saint of God, a hungry child. He's not going to withhold bread. He's not going to withhold His blessings and His goodness, but He is going to feed you. He's going to sustain you. Does anybody believe that today? He shall supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory. And this morning, I believe there's some hungry people that have come for a word from heaven. So open up your hearts and let the word speak to you from this subject, a yonder place, a yonder place. Would you help me pray one more time and just ask the Lord to open up our hearts to receive his word, the precious seed of the word of God. Lord, we thank you for this incredible opportunity to worship you corporately. So thankful for the freedoms we have in this country, Lord, that we can still gather together as one body. We can unite together under one roof and to bless your name, to celebrate the goodness of God, to worship you with a loud voice, to receive your word. God, to celebrate the good things of God. I'm going to celebrate all that you've done, Lord. Thank you for the freedoms we have, not only as Americans, but freedoms as a child of 
of God, Lord, that we are no more slaves, we are no more servants to sin, but we are joint heirs with Christ, and I'm thankful for the liberty wherewith you have set us free. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. 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 God bless you. I asked Brother David if we could do a little chorus, and I want you to help me out. I think it's old enough that most of us will know. And won't we have a time when we get over yonder? Won't we have a time when we get over yonder? Sing it out. Won't we have a time when we get over yonder? Oh, oh, sing it out. Then won't we have a time when we get over yonder? Won't we have a real good time? We get over yonder. Won't we have a time when we get over yonder? They should sing it like this. We're going to sing and shout, dance about. When we get over yonder, we're going to sing and shout, dance about. When we get over yonder, we're going to sing and shout, dance about. When we get over yonder. Oh. Come on, lift your voice one more time. Won't we have, won't we have time when we get over Come on, sing it out. And won't we have a time when we get over yonder? Woo! Oh, why don't you thank the Lord right now for that promise? Why don't you thank the Lord? We have a blessed assurance. Yes! He's given us the earnest of salvation he's given us his spirit for when he calls his church away i've got his spirit dwelling in me and i'm going to be caught up in a twinkling of an eye yes thank you jesus i'm thankful i know where i'm going i'm thankful i know where i'm headed that this grand the grave the world can't hold me down it can't keep me here for when he calls his children home i'm going with him i'm gonna be changed i'm gonna be raised into newness of life Woo! one more time would you thank the lord thank you jesus Fly away, oh glory now. Come on, sing it out. Fly away in the morning when I die. Hallelujah. Bye and bye. Oh. One more time. Fly away, sing. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away, hallelujah. If you're going to help me preach, you may be seated in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.
Thank you, Brother Hammond. Woo! Someone starts playing like that, it's dangerous for a worship leader. Because I'll never get to my preaching. I just start singing and singing. But your pastor told me to take my liberty, and I, I gotta be careful. There's a fine line between taking your liberty and wearing out your welcome. So I'm gonna try to avoid the latter and, and be a blessing, anyhow. All right. A yonder place. Somebody shout a yonder place. Anybody ever use that word yonder? All the time. I, th- I, th- I felt like I was in a place where that word has been used a time or two. Now, I'm from Jackson County, so I'm just from right up the road. Even though I'm a transplant to Licking County, I've not been there very long. So they, they hear me say things like yonder and over there and, and, uh, and all these southern Ohio terms. And, and some people look at me cross-eyed, and I have to explain, you know. I'm from southeast Ohio. You'll just have to excuse me. But we use words like yonder. And uh, a yonder place is I, I, I believe God is going to minister today. I want to share an a, a, a interesting story. I found this on history.com. Mongol leader Genghis Khan rose from humble beginnings to establish the largest land empire in history. After uniting the nomadic tribes of the Mongolian plateau, he conquered huge chunks of Central Asia and China. You probably wouldn't want to wake up one day to realize that Genghis Khan is your new neighbor. He wasn't exactly into negotiating terms. He, he, he didn't really care about the HOA rules and, 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 and regulations. He was there to take over. He was there to take your property. Legend has it that when Genghis Khan died, his men scoured his tent in search of the maps that only he had possession of. And to their surprise, they realized that he had led them off of the map into regions that were well beyond anything that they had ever known. And I've come to declare from the outset of this message today that where God wants to take this church is far beyond what any map could ever describe, what any set of boundaries or limitations could ever dictate. For where God wants to lead you precious people is far beyond what is currently known or what is even familiar. I've come to set the tone today for what God is going to do for the next three weeks of this four-week revival. That you are on the trajectory to do things that no church in this area has ever done or ever seen before. And I speak that in the name of Jesus. That the leadership that God has planted here was not by happenstance or coincidence, but it is divinely ordained by the will and the plan of God that your pastor and his family lead you into territory that you have never seen before. In Jesus' name. 
These are places that transcend our own understanding and they transcend our natural limitations. I said it from the outset. With God, nothing shall be impossible. With God, what men says is impossible. God says, oh, I, I laugh at that. I laugh at when men say that it can't be done. I laugh at when men say that there's not going to be a church in Ironton. I laugh when people say that there's not going to be a move of God in, in Lawrence County. But I've come to declare that when God is for you, who shall be against you? When God is on your side, there's no devil in hell that can stop or thwart what God has set in motion. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Somebody receive that right now. In Jesus' name. Mr. Webster defines the term yonder as farther removed or more distant or being at a distance perhaps within view or at a place or direction known or indicated. God woke me up one night with this message and he spoke these words to my spirit he said just beyond where you are now just beyond where you are now is a new experience and with it comes refreshing and a renewed sense of direction but here's the key the key is fighting the resistance to go higher while it is easier to remain at ground level, the prize isn't awarded to those who are afraid to climb. And I've come to declare to Greater Faith Apostolic Church today that what God wants to do through you and in you and for you is going to require you to step out of what is familiar and step out of what is comfortable and step out of what is routine and step out of what is what we've always done you know what the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over but expecting different results that's not how the kingdom of God works. You can't get so comfortable with the way you do things and expect God just to come in and blow it up and God to use that. I'm here to tell you that God wants to take this church to a place that it's never been before. And it's going to take some leadership. It's going to take some real men and women of God who aren't afraid to climb and to go beyond what the familiar has told them to do and go beyond what the status quo had tells them to do. But God is calling me to a yonder place. He's calling you to a yonder place. For with God all things are possible. I've got to get to yonder place. I've got to get beyond my comfort zone. And I've got to trust, trust the hand of God. The psalmist said that the Lord is my Shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, if God is your shepherd, you don't have to worry whether or not He's going to come through. You don't have to fear. You don't have to fret because He is the good shepherd and He cares about His sheep. In verse 5 of our text this morning, we find a law of first mention. The law of first mention, we 
we see in Scripture. Anytime a precept or a principle is mentioned for the first time in Scripture, it's, it's especially important that we pay close attention because it sets a precedent for the rest of Scripture. And we find this word worship for the first time in Scripture and it's found in verse 5 in this form of worship. And this word, it comes from an old English word, means Worthship. It means worthship. In other words, when we worship, we are quite literally ascribing worth to the thing that we are worshiping. We are ascribing our our predetermined level of value to the thing that is the recipient of our worship. Does that make sense? Uh, and so, so what, what is God worth to you is my question. What is, what is the value of your God? What, what value have you set on your Savior? What is He worth to you? And if you can answer that question, then I can tell you how you're going to worship Him. Because it's in direct correlation to how you view God. That's how you're going to worship God. If you view Him as just, a, you know, a, a little... Uh, 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 trinket that you pull out of your pocket when you run into tough times and and you just use him when it's convenient or you just worship him on Sundays and Wednesdays then maybe your worship it's it's not what it needs to be but if you can view God in in the greatness that he deserves to be viewed if you can view God in the splendor that is due his name then you will worship him accordingly you see it was not an uncommon practice among heathen nations for people to offer their children to their pagan gods in the time of Abraham this was not an uncommon practice unfortunately and so God is saying in this in this in this context Abraham what am I worth to you What am I worth to you? Are you willing to commit to me like the heathen is committed to his God? Are you you willing and, and ready to worship me and to give up everything that you know in pursuit of a relationship with me? You see, this so-called progressive culture that we live in today and that we see running rampant, it isn't shy. It, it, it doesn't sugarcoat it. It isn't shy about the religion that they, that they ascribe to. And it is without a doubt a religion, a religion of self and an uninhibited pursuit of self-gratification. It's all around us. You don't have to look very far and you see the religion of self-gratification. If it makes you happy, then do it if it makes you feel better then maybe you need to live that way if it makes you feel accepted then maybe you need to just live that way this is the religion of the world this is the modern day move toward their God and it's not Jehovah God it's not the Jesus that we serve but it is the adversary that has painted itself up to look like something appeasing and something something attractive that this world has latched on to. And Abraham in verse 6, he took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son and he took the fire in his hand and a knife and they went both of them together. But Abraham knew, he knew 
This is why he could say in verse 5 that the lad and I will return. We'll come back. He knew that he had a promise and he had a sure word from the Lord. We find in Hebrews chapter 11, by faith Abraham when he was tried offered up Isaac and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. He had a promise. He had a promise that said out of your loins, out of this promise, I'm going to give you many, many children. As many as the sands are on the, upon the shore, I'm going to multiply your seed. And so he had a word from God. And so he was not hesitant to seek after the perfect will of God and to obey the voice of God. And verse 19 says, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. In other words, whether he was going to raise him after he committed the, 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 the sacrifice or, or whether he intervened in another way, he said he will raise him up. So he knew it was a win-win situation because if God gave me a word, I can take it to the bank. If God gave me a promise, I can trust him. If God gave me a vision, I know he's going to see him through hallelujah hallelujah you see God he operates from a yonder place he, he, he in fact he even transcends our our own un understanding our own finite understanding of time he does not work within a 24 hour chronological set of, of of days and weeks and months he he doesn't function that way for he created all of it and so god at at a, at, at a whim he can step in and out of our very understanding and our very framework of time and calendars and seasons for god is greater he's um, He's omnipotent. The Bible says before the worlds even were, He was. In other words, before we even had a system by which we operate on a clock, God was already there. Don't tell me that God isn't big enough. Don't tell me that God isn't great enough. That He can't meet you where you are. And if He calls me to yonder place, I'm going to trust Him and I'm going to make a move toward Him. His beckoning call today is urging us to a yonder place. Somewhere farther removed. Somewhere more distant than ground level. Than what is familiar. Ephesians chapter 2 says, But God, who is rich in mercy... For his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together. Sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Have you ever sat in heavenly places? Have you ever sat in a heavenly place? That's a, that's a yonder place. That's a place beyond where your mind can take you. It's a place beyond any physical or, or any, any tangible element could ever take you. The Bible says that we sit together with Him in heavenly places. I, I, I can recall many, many services where the presence of God was so heavy. The glory of God had descended like a cloud. And I believe I was in a heavenly place. Has anybody ever experienced? 
experienced that before where he just takes you up into a place. You, you don't have to move geographically to be in another realm. You don't have to get up and go somewhere in, other to, in order to experience the yonder place that God is calling you to. It's available to each of us. These are heavenly places. These are places where we, we push away the plate, perhaps. We push away the entertainment. We push away the crowd and we get alone with God. Revelation 4, after this I looked, this is the John the Revelator, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither, come up here. And I will show you things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit. Can anybody relate to that? I feel them drawing right now. Come up hither. Come up yonder. Come up to a place of seclusion with me. Come up to a place of intimacy. Come up to a place of privacy. See, that's the problem. We've got so much noise. We've got so many distractions that are vying for our attention. That is so difficult in 2023 to get alone with God sometimes. And if you're not intentional, if you're not careful, it just will never happen. If you're not intentional about your relationship with God, let me tell you, precious saint of God, that unless you make it a priority, you're going to watch every moment slip you by. You're going to watch every day, day after day, what just blow right by you and you wonder what happened to my relationship with God what happened I used to pray I used to seek him early I used to have that time with God and I'm here to tell you it's because there's so much distraction and unless you're willing to fight through the distraction and push away the the things that are vying for your attention it just doesn't happen automatically he said come up here I want to show you some things and immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. You see certain things are reserved for a yonder place. It's in a yonder place. It's in a place in the spirit that we all can go. It's in a place where you can receive a fresh word from God. It's in a yonder place where you can get a breakthrough today. It's in a yonder place where you can receive revelation. It's in a yonder place where you can acquire influence and you can walk out and you can change the atmosphere that you inhabit. I'm I'm here to tell you it's in a yonder place that God wants to pour out his anointing on somebody today he said if you're willing to get alone with me in a yonder place I'm going to baptize you with fresh fire I'm going to baptize you with fresh anointing we used to sing a song that said anointing fall on me anointing fall on me let the power of the Holy Ghost Fall on me, anointing. But that doesn't just happen with acute prayer. That doesn't happen when we're not willing to carve out the time necessary to get on our face and to seek the face of God. But God has reserved these things for people like Abraham that said, stay here a while for I've got to get up to a yonder place to worship my Lord. The lad and I are going to worship, but we will return. Where is yonder for you? You have to answer that question today. 
Maybe you can't pinpoint it with your finger. But I dare say that each of us have, uh, have an inkling of an understanding perhaps of what yonder place is for you. Perhaps God has been moving on you this morning through the worship service. And maybe through this, the first part of this message, God is beckoning you and he says, I want you to come up higher. I want you to get nearer. I want you to draw close unto me. The Bible says that if we draw nigh unto him, he will draw nigh unto us. If you'll make the first move today, the Lord has already promised that I'm going to meet you. I'm going to have fellowship with you. And I'm going to give you a word in Jesus' name. Maybe yonder place is just setting the clock five minutes earlier. Maybe yonder place is, is giving up a meal this coming week in pursuit of a relationship with God. Maybe you want to maybe you want to set some entertainment aside. I can't dictate to you what yonder place is. Each of us have a yonder place and I've come to tell you I'm just the messenger. So don't shoot the messenger. All I've come to do is to tell you that each of you, each of us today have a yonder place and God is calling you up higher. God is calling you closer. God is beckoning you with his spirit. The Bible says that no man can come to the Father lest the Spirit of God would draw on Him. And I'm here to tell you that the Spirit of Almighty God is drawing on us to put some things aside, to set aside some distractions so that we can get into His presence. In Jesus' name. There was an old song I can remember they sang in church as a kid. Called Beyond the Open Door. Does anybody remember that song? Maybe not. Hear the words. In the things familiar, we find security. Resisting all the changes that days and years can bring. When God decides to lead you through an open door, inviting you to walk in realms... You've never known before. And the chorus says, Beyond the open door is a new and fresh anointing. Hear the Spirit calling you to go. But here's the key. You've got to walk on through the door. For the Lord will go before you into a greater power than you've ever known before. There is an open door that has been placed in front of each of us today. And the Lord has already gone before you. He's already prepared the way. He's already made the way. The Bible says He was the Lamb slain from the foundations of the world. He's already made provision so that each and every one of us can walk through the door. A door of opportunity. A door of Anointing and fresh anointing. A door of perhaps the, uh, clarifying a call of God on your life. Perhaps it's a door that's going to bring insight and bring some, some peace of mind that you've been longing for. But the key is that He's not going to force you through the door. Brother Ben mentioned it earlier that God is going to wait for you to make the move. God is going to wait for you to approach Him. And once you make that first step God said he would be with you God would bring you peace God would pour out his spirit upon you for this promises unto you 
when I was three years old, I, I was born in Columbus, three years old. Uh, my parents, they, they and, and my, I believe Zach was nine months old, about six months old. They felt a call of God to, to leave the big city. Everything that was familiar. They were born and raised there in Columbus and in pursuit of the perfect will of God. And while I was too young to remember all the logistics and all the, the I'm sure, the, the sleepless nights and the, and the uh, conversations about, well, what, what, if, what if he doesn't come through? What, what if this is not, not the will of God? What if this is not uh, 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 the, really what God has for us? I, I, I'm not old enough to remember those conversations that I'm sure took place. But nonetheless, my parents packed up. Their, their family of four and, and left everything that they knew as home and they went to Wellston, Ohio, just up the road a few miles in, in pursuit of the will of God. And I, I've come today to tell you that I am so thankful that I had an example in, in my mother and my father that they were willing enough and they were ready and they were obedient enough to pursue the, God's call. God's call on their life to, to a yonder place, to a place that certainly was not the most familiar. Yes, we had some family down in, in the area, but, but I, I bet that it was not just the easiest decision to make, to leave everything that you know as home and, and what is familiar in pursuit of something that is not drawn out. They, they weren't given the blueprints. They weren't given the, the exact itinerary, but they had to step out in faith and say, Lord, we're going to trust you with this decision because we feel you calling us to another place and I'm, I've come to tell you that I am a beneficiary my brother and I are blessed because of that decision because we had the example in our parents that they were willing to obey the voice of God and to do the work of God and to leave and go to a very small church in pursuit of revival and I'm thankful for that today However, I couldn't, I couldn't ride that wave forever. At some point, I became accountable. At some point, I had to make it up in my own mind that my parents' relationship with God was not going to be good enough to carry me on all the days of my life. But I had to make a decision that I am going to serve the Lord and I've got to carve out my own relationship with God. I can't just lean on their sacrifice. That would only get me by for so long. But I began to tune my ear to the voice of God and he began to speak to me and began to ask me to give up things and to do the will of God and I'm here to admit that I've not gotten it right the whole way I've messed up many many times but I've come to reach for somebody today that perhaps you too are at a place of decision and you're wondering should I go should I stay should I do this or should I hit the pause button I've come to tell you that God is calling us to a place where we have to make a decision for ourselves and say as for me in my house we will serve the Lord hallelujah 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 I don't know who I'm speaking to right now, but somebody has heard the call of God and has been feeling his tug on your heart to get away, 
to a yonder place, a place beyond the familiar, beyond the routine and beyond the noise and to a place that few dare to go. The San Francisco 49ers used their first round draft pick in 1985. That was a good year. On wide receiver Jerry Rice from little known Mississippi Valley State. Did anybody watch that draft that year? Just, just curious. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> All right. I'll just move on. 1985 NFL draft. They, they put all their chips on Jerry Rice from little known Mississippi Valley State. It didn't take long, though, for that decision to pay huge dividends. You see, he owns virtually every significant receiving mark and a staggering 36 NFL records. Some of the more notable career records include receptions of 1,549. 22,895 receiving yards. The most 1,000-yard receiving seasons of 14. And total touchdowns of 208. And a combined net yards of 23,546 held by Jerry Rice. Some say he's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time, at least of wide receivers. We may have a few that would debate that. But Rice, who admits he was never the fastest, the biggest, or most naturally gifted player, summed up the real reason behind his illustrious NFL career with this mantra. Today, I will do what others won't so that tomorrow I can accomplish what others can't. I feel like I need to say that one more time because it translates very well into what I am trying to convey to you today. Today, I will do what others won't. Not, not the things that others can't. But today, I'm going to do what others choose not to do. So that tomorrow, I can accomplish the things that they can't. I wonder how that resonates with you today. With your relationship with God. What are you willing to do today? What are you willing to give up today that others won't? So that tomorrow you can see things, you can experience things, you can taste things that others will not be afforded the opportunity. But notice I didn't say tomorrow I will do the things. He said today I will do the things that others won't. You ever meet that person? Don't point them out. And maybe it's you. You don't have to confess. But have you ever met that person? January 1st. Or should I say New Year's Eve. They said, boy, tomorrow. Tomorrow I am going to start this weight loss journey. Watch out. Tomorrow I'm getting a membership at the gym. Tomorrow, I'm going to do things better. Tomorrow, I'm going to get up at 4 a.m. And I'm going to seek the face of God. While they live it up on New Year's Eve. That's how you know they're not serious. Because if it is worth it, you won't wait till tomorrow. You'll say, today, 
Today I'm going to make the change. Today I'm going to get out there and I'm going to, I'm going to witness. Today I'm going to get out there and I, I'm going to get to the gym early. Today I'm going, to, I'm going to run a mile. Today I'm going to do whatever it takes because there are people who have this excuse all day long. Well, give me till next Monday. Then I'll be ready. That's how you know they're not serious. Well, pastor, give me a week and then I'll come around. I'll get to that altar. Just give me a few weeks. I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to make that decision. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. It doesn't say that tomorrow or next Tuesday is the day when you got to get serious. No, no, no. God says today is the day to start getting it right. And if you find it valuable enough if you if you value your relationship with God enough you're going to say today I'm going to make a difference today I'm going to do whatever God has called me to do my mother passed four years ago and uh, I don't think it's coincidence dad that you found this Bible and you gave this to me two, two days ago. Two days ago. My father, we met. We let our kids go with them. And he, that was a pretty good exchange. Four kids for, the, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I love my children. All four. No, in all seriousness, it has my mom's name with her maiden name. So my mother had this Bible since she was a teenager, I believe. And it's an old Thompson chain reference, King James Version. And uh, I really, I'd seen it, you know, her carry it from time to time. But really until just a couple days ago, over the weekend, I began to leaf through these pages. And it's pretty incredible because she was a, wow, she was on fire for God. And uh, in fact, I tell a funny story. Pastor Azzalini can remember this. I went before the board to get my license just a few months ago. And I walked into that boardroom, intimidated out of my mind, just scared to death. My wife and I walk in and I'm like, what are they going to ask me? What are they... What are they going to say? What are, what are they going to do? Are they going to put me on the spot? What are they, they going to grill me? What are they going to do? We sat down, and the very first thing out of Bishop Stark's mouth is, your mom was an incredible woman. And uh, I, I kind of forgot that there was that connection that back there on Main Street in Columbus and began to just tell in front of all the board members we're sitting there, and he's just talking about how incredibly amazing my mom was, and and uh, it was it was very touching. But two days ago, I, I received this Bible, and I I'm so grateful, Dad, that you let me have this. And I begin to leaf through here, and I could I could just imagine that these notes, these notes, some were, I'm sure, during sermons that she jotted down little notes and references, but. I would dare say the majority of what is here is because my mom was willing to go to a yonder place. And you can, every single page has something on it. Highlights, ink, pencil of all di different colors. And 
and uh, script and and notes and references and reminders and oh my goodness, it's a treasure chest because it reminds me of the relationship that she had with God that she was not hesitant in responding to God when He said, "Come up higher, come closer, get closer," because I've got something for you. I've got a fresh word for you, and 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 thank God I have this momentum. I can leaf through here, and I can be reminded of all the journeys that she took to yonder place. She took a lot of journeys to yonder place. And I'm so thankful I have those memories of her relationship with God. She challenged us. Wow, she challenged us. And it wasn't that she was demanding things, but just by the way she lived, it challenged me. Her example, it challenged me. And so I'm thankful that I got to bring this this Bible with me to this podium because it reminds me of a yonder place that I I want to get to. I want to get to a place where I don't I don't hesitate when God says, come up a little higher, Seth. Seth, I've got a word for you, but it's going to require you to separate yourself to get to a place where you can truly hear my voice and not have to fight through all the distractions and all the noise and all the nuances of life. But God is calling us today to a place, a, a, a place of Mariah, a place of higher positioning with Him. And I, I can tell you today that, 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 that each of us have a place. We're going to have to make a decision. Are we willing to separate ourselves long enough to get to a yonder place so God can speak to us? In Luke 22, and I'm just about done, but Luke 22, and he was talking about Jesus. He was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, a stone's throw away, and kneeled down and prayed. This is the Garden of Gethsemane scene. The Bible says he went about a stone's throw beyond where the rest of the company was. It reminded me of how my mother lived her life. It, it seemed like her relationship with God was always about a stone's throw beyond the rest of us. And the reason was she wasn't afraid of that yonder place. She counted the cost and every time it was worth the trip up Mariah. Wait here. Hold my donkey. The lad and I are going to worship. There's a trip up Mariah. It may be toilsome. It may be trying. But let me tell you, it's worth it. You know what Mariah means in Hebrew? God blew my mind last night when I was finishing up these notes. Mariah means chosen by Jehovah. Matthew 22 says, for many are called, but few are chosen. Why is that? Because only the few are willing to make the journey from comfort to yonder place. He's calling many. He's calling the masses. He said, I would that none would perish, that all would come into repentance. But here's the reality, and you are here for a reason. I that he's calling you. But the question is, are you willing to make the trip up to Moriah? To a place chosen by Jehovah. Where you can be counted among the chosen. You have a choice today. 
When everything is said and done, God isn't going to say, well said, well thought, or well planned. There's one measuring stick. Well done, good and faithful servant. You see, if you're looking for an excuse today, you're, you're going to find plenty. You'll always find an excuse not to make the trip up to a yonder place, up to Moriah. You'll find an excuse. But I believe there's a precious saint of God that's heard a word today that says, you know what? I feel like God deserves better. I feel like my family deserves better. As for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. I wonder if there's any fathers here today that would say, you know what? I've got to get to Moriah. My kids need to see me making the journey to Moriah. Because it's there that I can experience God in a new and fresh way. And I can bring back a word for my family. I can bring back a, I can bring back a blessing for my family. I can lead them by example. I'm not going to sit back at the base of the mountain and tell them what they need to do. And how they need to serve the Lord. And how they need to make the trip up to Moriah. But I'm going to be the first. I'm going to take the initiative. And I'm going to say, I'm going to go by myself. And I'm going to get in the carpet I'm going to get in the prayer closet and I'm going to seek the face of God for my family Mark Batterson penned these words in his book Chase the Lion destiny is not a mystery destiny is a decision a difficult decision a daring decision a counterintuitive decision and he said this you fulfill your destiny one opportunity at a time. I wonder if there's anybody right now that would say, you know what, I see there's an opportunity. There's an open door that God has already gone before. He's made it plain. I mean, aside from the Lord writing with His finger on the wall, I'm, I'm wondering if anybody has felt the drawing of His Spirit right now and would say, you know what? I feel like I can take one step closer to a yonder place. Maybe yonder place is just one step. Maybe it's just one decision. Maybe you're just one decision away from getting a blessing today. Maybe you're one step away from your miracle. Maybe you're one step away from that backslidden child to come back into the house of God. I wonder if somebody could stand to your feet right now and you could just begin to seek the Lord with all of your heart. The Bible says to lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways to acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible.